What's up, everybody? I'm Emily Schramm. I just love that intro. It gets me so jazzed. Welcome to a new podcast, a Meathead Hippie podcast. And today's episode is another episode of Shit M's Into. I felt like it was time because my brain is filled with things that I just want to talk about. So uh, thank you for being here, being a listener, if it's your first time. I'm Emily Schramm, nutritional therapy practitioner, a total meathead hippie, and a entrepreneur. So I have quite a few things going on, which means I love, I, I finally have come to admit that I just love being in pressure cookers from 10 years ago, being in a pressure cooker of reality TV, being with eight people, seven people, including myself, that we just didn't naturally get along how fast you learn and how fast you grow. It's not really about the show. It's about a social experiment. And that was my first pressure cooker. Actually, not really, but we'll say that's the most defining. And then the second one being like, oh yeah, let's just launch five businesses in basically five years and see what happens. And so I've been just constantly putting myself in these situations and I've realized that I love and I'm addicted to these situations of, oh shit, what am I going to do next? That has been my mojo for as long as I can remember. And I was kind of thinking like, okay, well, what is the shit that I am into besides just all the things I'm doing? But what has been coming up so much is understanding that we don't have to be addicted to doing. We don't have to be addicted to the rush of whether it's a dopamine rush of a workout or the dopamine rush of, you know, trying something new for the first time or pushing our body in a certain way. We don't have to be addicted to it in order to find success. And so that has been such a huge kind of baseline for this book that I just wrote that is coming out soon, which is just nuts. It's just so nuts, but it's time. And it has been just a pressure cooker of, okay, if you're going to write about it, if you're going to say stuff like this, you better believe it. And I feel like the universe just has been like, yeah, prove it to us that you actually believe it. Because anything, you guys know this, anything that I've launched, anything that I say, anything that I do, I do it because it's been my own journey of discovery. I don't do it because I think it's cool or because I think I, it's needed. It's like, oh shit, I just went through this or I'm going through this. And that's how every business has been created. And so what I I feel like the number one thing of shit M is into, it all started off with this post. So I wanted to just kind of give you some backstory. I follow Ned. Ned has this beautiful Instagram. They were uh, a sponsor for the podcast, my first sponsor, and they're just wonderful. It's a CBD company that's full spectrum, which means it might still show up on your drug test, right? If you are getting drug tested, there might be some traces of THC. Nobody can say yes or no on that. But you, I truly believe you can't isolate CBD and it be as effective. Plant medicine is so intelligent. We've talked about that a little bit, but I'm just in love with their Instagram because it's beautiful. And it says, it's a little giraffe. It's at MeetNed. Raise your gaze. So much of our life is spent looking down at what we're working on, but neuroscience suggests that humans have a separate, well-developed, extra-personal visual system specifically for the field of view above the, the, above the horizon. 
Next time you need to shake up your thought patterns or need a brain boost, try looking up. And then moments later, one of my, uh, the whole book is basically eight plus, it's like eight to nine journals that I have that I carry with me everywhere. Some of you know this, if you guys have been following me, and if you did my Don't Overthink It program, I have this fuzzy notebook. I'm just obsessed with it. I write all my thoughts, all my, you know, processes, all my uh, word vomit, brain vomit. It's on these notebooks. To-do lists from, I have no idea what to think right now, and this is how I feel. I've just been constantly unloading meetings, whatever it is, it's on paper. It's been the most transformative thing because I used to write poems at the age of four or five and I just stopped. And anything that we used to do at four or five or six or seven that we no longer do, I highly encourage you to just try and pick up again. Singing, art, dancing, crafts. (laughs) I don't, you know, think about like some things people are like, what is my passion? Well, why are we like trying to recreate a passion? You probably knew it when you were four or five. Why don't you just ask your parents? Why don't you ask your sister or your brother? What did I do when I was five and six? And I might've been weird or I might've like, you know, not thought anything of it, which is a good thing. What did I do? And start there. So the whole point being, I picked up my notebook and I opened it up and this is a poem in my book. It's not even a poem. It's just a, a statement. And I remember sitting in my new house, I have a skylight. And I was really frustrated with life, the lack of movement of life. And I think no matter where you are in life, you can relate to this because it could be lack of movement of your job. It could be lack of mu- movement of the scale. It could be lack of movement of the deadlift bar, just lack of movement. And I was looking up at my skylight, which is, you know, a square. So you can really quickly see based on the structure of the box that things are moving. When you're outside, you don't see that movement quite as much. And I also experienced this when I was in Boston, south of Boston, visiting Bradford's parents. Uh, Bradford's dad has this amazing telescope And Saturn was the most visible every so often. It shows up and you can see it through telescopes. And I could see the rings, but it would move so fast. I would have basically four seconds. That's how close it was zoomed in, right? Four seconds and it was gone. And we don't, you know, when we look up at the sky and we see the moon, it slowly moves. Everything slowly moves. So until we have that confinement, until we have that, box or that reference point or that circle, the telescope or the window, the square, we can't tell when something is moving quickly. It just feels agonizingly, painfully slow. So I wrote this thing that came into my mind and it just says, you don't notice the clouds move until you stop and watch them. And for me, that represented everything of You don't see it until you sit and stop and consciously make an effort to see how fast it goes and see how it is moving. And if you don't see it moving, even when you're sitting, we're looking at it in the wrong lens because it all is moving. There is no stagnancy. We're either going up or down or there is never just still. And then we can add on to this by saying, well, if I am expecting it to move slowly, I am putting that into 
my thought process, my energy, therefore my cells, therefore my what I'm re- attracting. Again, this goes back to the law of attraction, which we've talked about in a few episodes. It's saying, I expect this, therefore that's what I'm going to get because that's how it works. If you expect it to move slow, if you expect it to not be moving at all, if you expect it to fail, of course it is. Of course it's going to do that, right? It's that Joe Dispenza like placebo effect. I haven't read that book, but I can imagine it's exactly like that. And I know it's great. A lot of people have told me it. So I feel like thinking of it as I expect it to move. I don't care how fast, but I do expect this to move. My job, my career, my businesses, it is such a profound reminder. If I don't feel it's moving, it's because I haven't sat and thought about it in a way that's positive, that gave me gratitude, that made me understand, wow, this is actually going the right way. These are some tiny little reminders, tiny little specks of success. Oh, yes, that that got communicated well. That got done really quickly. That design it's it's perfect. That's exactly what I want. And I'll get back to the giraffe, I promise. But for me, it's this moment of like, I, everything that I've done up to this point, never it, it will never feel like enough. It just won't. But if I take a step back, and I'm so grateful for the ability to do the Facebook Lives, do the Tea Time Tuesdays, do the podcasts, because they give me such perspective. I get to talk it out and I get to hear it and I get to see it. And I have all these reminders that when I need it the most, I am doing what I need to be doing. It is moving. And so ask the universe for some reminders, for some signs. Am I on the right path? Am I doing it right? And all of a sudden, the people will come into your life and say, yes, you are. The opportunities will start to open up. You don't be afraid to be like, yeah, I feel like it's not working. I feel like it's not moving. I need a reminder that it is. And you'll get it. But you also have to have it with a lens of this woe is me. Nothing's in my favor. I'm so unlucky. That's my Eeyore voice. Like nobody wants an Eeyore in their life especially you. Don't be the Eeyore. I go mad when I hear people get into that cycle. I I wish I was a little more, more compassionate about it sometimes. But when you have done training and nutrition for so long, I mean, sometimes you're just like, no, 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 no. I refuse to have that energy in my vision, in my groups, in my programs. Like if that exists, it is because deep down we have not had those hard conversations with ourselves. And that's where I just firmly believe I, my job and the tagline, I am here to empower you to empower yourself because we are so used to being empowered for moments, right? This program made me feel really strong and that person made me feel really great and that post made me feel really motivated. If it doesn't continue, If you don't feel like you have the tools without somebody, we have not done the introspection. We have not done the deep dive. We have not gone to the root of the issue, which is our own ability to see ourselves without judgment, but clearly and understand that most of the issues come from layers and layers and layers that we have hidden. 
And that's why I'm just so ready for this book because I love nutrition. I love fitness. I love helping people deep dive into those places and answering the questions that I just, you know, I'm a sponge. I'm like a Nancy Drew sponge. I love, you know, ask me a question and I probably have an answer because I've been doing it and I love it. I love it. I love it. But it is the first two layers. It is layer one, fitness. I'm going to move my body and I'm going to feel capable. Layer two, oh, it's a little deeper than just fitness. It is about the food I eat. 80% is the food I eat. My cells are based on nutrients. If I work out all day and I eat like shit, we know a lot of things happen that we don't want to happen. Maybe it doesn't, things don't move as well, or maybe we don't think as clearly, or our sleep starts to get bad, and all of a sudden we wake up and we're like, what happened? Well, we had 20 years of shitty food, right? So we have to understand that this is layer one, layer two, but what is layer three, layer four, layer five? The deep dives that we have to take in order to make nutrition and fitness and food and all of these things not overwhelming, but an understanding of who we are. It's just incredible. It's so much more than fitness and nutrition. And I feel so ready to be able to articulate that outside of the podcast, outside of anything else. And I just, I can't wait for this book, but I think I'm going to get back to the draft. This was all kind of the same thing of like, okay, well, how do I I'm looking at the clouds. I'm seeing it in a new, a new lens. It is moving. Oh my gosh, it's moving so fast. I just had to take some time to look. So that's my first thing that I'm really into. Looking, looking, looking. Because I'm very overwhelmed about everything. <laughs> so don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this as be less overwhelmed like Emily. It's saying, no, this is like, I'm very overwhelmed. I have I don't even know if you guys are interested in this, but I'm just going to say it. We just launched Handle the Hangry, which is a brand new six-day challenge. Everyone should do this. I'm not kidding you. If you experience hangriness, drops in energy, anxiety, this is you. there's no point in doing anything else except balancing your blood sugar, which is what this program is. It is six days. It's $19. You can get it with or without the supplements that help you balance your blood sugar, including B vitamins, which your pancreas loves, and BCAAs, which is extremely helpful when you are switching fuel sources from sugar and carbohydrates to protein and fat. And it's, I mean, just seriously, it's linked below. I'm obsessed with it. Uh, lots of Facebook lives on hangry and a new Instagram post that explains good mood and bad mood is directly affected with high blood sugar, low blood sugar. It's a great visual that I think is really helpful. We have the body awareness project part three, all on gut and digestion. The, the topic that is the most personal to who I am because it is the reason that I am here podcasting. I had stomach issues my whole life, just in pain, thinking that I was broken, thinking that something was wrong with me, thinking that I was different than everybody else and, and not in the good way. And it makes me so excited to feel like this is the full circle of my creation of being like, yeah, I have done a lot of programs, but like, this is the course of 12 experts, my component as well, of educating you on what gut health actually is. 
that it's not just a probiotic. It's not just taking a certain supplement. It is literally who we are. Can you imagine how complicated something has to be in order to take a food on your plate, break it down, take it to different breaking downs, and then putting it into your blood so your blood gets it to the body parts so that you can actually be a human. It's insane. It is not a simple one-two punch, take a probiotic. It is an incredible process that our body does. I think the most complicated of them all because it involves everything. It involves our stress. It involves our brain. It involves our liver. It involves our pancreas. It involves our gallbladder. It's like, it, it's just without food, we die. <laughs> without drinking water, we are really dead. So it is just so, it's definitely the most profound course I've ever launched because one, it's highly personal. Gut pain ran my life for 20, 22 years. And to be able to say that I, it's just going to be amazing, but it's also like, okay, back to overwhelm. Like I have to get it right and I will get it right. And the guests are making it really easy for me to get it right. But again, it's still a launch of a program. And then emilystrom.com, which is an ancient website. It is horrible. (laughs) It needs to be done. It has needed to be redone forever. String programs, challenges, all of it. So we've spent about four months redesigning, redeveloping, recreating this new platform for you guys to have your new strength programs, your new challenges, all of it in one. And then hopefully with that new website, the book launch. And so there's just so many things that I'm like, why is this all happening at once? And it's because I, I'm literally, the universe is saying, you can't, you can't just pretend like you believe in this and write a book about it. Like how, who are you going to be right now with all of this on your plate? Who are you going to be? And it's this test. I mean, it's just literally, oh, wow. If I don't do this, like I don't deserve to write this book. I do not deserve to put this book out there. If the old patterns start to sneak up and I put myself in the victim of I'm just so busy and I have so many things going on and I'm being short and snappy because, you know, I have, I just don't bother me. And I am, you know, ah, 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 I'm just in alpha work mode, hustle, grind, do, 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 do. If I am not able to grow in this experience with all of these things right now, right here, I do not deserve to launch this book. So it's been this constant, like, this is who you were. This is who you are becoming. And when you're not who you want to be yet, when you're not quite there yet, that is the angst that you guys all have experienced. We know we're not where we were, but we're not quite to where we want to be. We're in the process. And this is where everything seems to get heavy and hard and you're looking up and you're just hoping that you see something move and it's not and you're just, oh God, you just need something. But that is where all of this kind of ties in is that it's because you're looking up and you're not having that lens that can see it is moving, it is changing oh my gosh, yes, these are the reminders. I'm starting to see the positive. It's the dragonfly card that we pulled. and We pull cards every, uh, we, we're going to do this. It's going to be amazing. We've done it two months in a row. We pull tarot cards and oracle cards 
more Oracle than tarot. I haven't gotten the yes from the universe about the tarot, but the Oracle cards in my private Facebook group, and we keep getting Dragonfly. Dragonfly for me and my interpretation based on the books and Stephen Farmer and uh, Kim Kranz is saying, you have to see it in a positive way. Take whatever it is in front of you, the challenge, the program, your obstacles, your limitations, and say, how can I see this as a, as a good thing? And the most simple example for my business owners is this. This is really honest, but th that's what I do. When I think about the five companies I have, I say this to Bradford all the time. I am limited by capital. I have been able to do up to this point, and as long as I'm going to be able to, hopefully forever, but I am open to options, I've been able to be self-funded and uh, debt-free. And that has been a beautiful thing to say, but also a heavy burden to carry. Because when you add products and you add launches and you add inventory and you really look at, you know, the process and cycle of one business, it takes a lot of cash flow, a lot of overhead to kind of keep things moving without selling out, which you guys have known. We are sold out of basically everything. The impacts, which actually pre-orders begin today, which is incredible. You can find that on uh, evolvemotion.com, which is awesome. The teas, which are going to be back in stock next week, which is awesome. Um, but, the, you know, there's these things that these big gaps that you're like, oh, my God, how can you run a business without inventory? You can't. I am limited with cash flow. Cash flow is my limiting factor. It was my negative thought process. If I just had this, I would be able to do this. If I just had this amount of money, I would be able to catch up. If I had anything, you know, just put fill in the blanks of what you are looking for, what you're craving. And then all of a sudden it hit me. I, I If I had unlimited cash flow, I would not be, it, it, the business, the, basically the business school that I'm going through right now, through my own businesses, through my own creations, also bringing on the right people at the right time, allowing them to grow into the role, allowing us to grow together as a team. If I just had unlimited cash flow, just like all of the things you see, you grow way too fast. Everyone is a shit show. People are confused about what their role is. The communication's lacking. And then all of a sudden it bleeds into your actual product and your connection with who you are delivering the product to. And that is where companies just go so wrong so fast. So this in-between, I'm not, I'm not where I was, but I'm not where I was going to be. This in-between actually now became, this is the creation of the business we are going to be forever. Bringing people on at the right time, being able to have this inventory and grow into this. If I had unlimited cash flow, I would not be learning these lessons. And we would grow in a way that would not be in alignment with who I am and what I want my message to be. Because everything that I deliver, everything that I give, everything that I create is simply an extension of who I am. It is a piece of me. It isn't who I am, but it is a piece of me in my heart and soul and everything that I believe in is in that product. And I've, you know, every time I create something, it's like within 10 days, I want to change it. I want it to be better. I want it to be more. I want it to be different. 
And I've learned that just because it's not where I want it to be does not mean that this process in between is so beautiful and and formative. It is forming who I am. It's forming my company. It's forming everything. And that is just one perspective of taking something that seems so negative and understanding, no, this, this timing is happening exactly as it should. If I would have gone on Shark Tank, which almost happened the week before, I was ready to go, had my pitch, ready to show the impact of the world. I was ready to get a deal with Mark Cuban. It was going to be incredible. And then you realize, oh my God, after they broke my heart and they dropped me right before, what well, what was this what was this supposed to be about you know number 1 it was supposed to i asked to be on shark tank and holy shit i just got it i can manifest basically anything i'm pretty fucking powerful but two would that be in my best interest to get $250,000 for the impact understanding that that would have taken my soul focus it would have taken my brain and my heart and my soul and everything the MFIT programs, the Handle the Hangry, the Nutritional Therapy, the Teas, the book that was ready to come out of me, would I, would I have been able to do any of that? And the answer is absolutely no, absolutely not. I would have not been able to do any of the things that I've done in the last year if I would have gotten that deal on Shark Tank. And it took me a, quite a few months to finally start to see that. Could I have gone on it and could it have been a different trajectory and who knows what would have happened, but I, I guarantee I wouldn't be happy because for me, my happiness is creating and I can create in many different realms, but losing that authenticity and saying, this is what you have to focus on. This is what you have to do, especially when there's investment, especially when there's other people's money on the line, the strings that that would have caused anxiety for me. Oh, I can't even imagine the person I would have been. I wouldn't have been able to grow into this person that I feel like I've grown into. And really what that came down to was ego. And I think everyone needs to have that conversation with themselves. And we, you know, again and again and again, ego, we do a lot of things to get a lot of likes. We do a lot of things to get a lot of attention. There was a great TED Talk that I just, oh gosh, I'm going to forget his name, but he's an actor. And he was just on a TED Talk that talked about how we either can give our full attention to something or we look for attention. And I think that that's really profound is, are we in flow? Are we dialed in? Is there something in your life that just pulls you in? Those things that you did when you were four, five, six. For me, writing this book, like, oh my God, hours go by and everything in me is, is energized. It's like, oh, this is what I should be doing. Or are we focusing on the attention that we're looking for elsewhere? How many likes did I get? Did I get a comment? Did I, did I, am I getting noticed for something? Am I able to, you know, I I don't, all the things, all the things. And a lot of us just, that conversation is hard to have and it triggers people because it's who we are. <laughs> if you get triggered by something, it's because you, um, <laughs> there's part of you in there that, that is very real. We talked about that in the last podcast with Brian McKenzie. So I guess that's, and then I, before I get back to the giraffe, I know this is a long, I'm sorry, but 
this guy, I just posted this on Instagram. So shit M's into. I don't even know who this guy is. His name's Butch Walker. And I've been talking about this a lot with Wade. Wade's my best friend. Many of you guys know him. He's wonderful. And just kind of understanding like, you know, social media is exhausting. And I have been able to be in flow and write this book because I literally have been on Instagram for 10 minutes a day. I gave platform. I don't have to handle the business accounts. I have incredible people, um, Aubrey, Kathleen, now Savannah. They're taking over social media for the rest of the accounts. I have Brittany who takes over social media. It's These people are incredible and they are crushing it. And so they've taken so much load off of me the last year, year and a half, and it's been great. But what about my own personal Instagram? Way too much time has been spent on that. So the last six weeks, I've been doing like 10 to 15 minutes a day. Sometimes that backfires because, you know, I'm not as engaged, but I'm like, you know what? That's actually what needs to happen. We think of it as backfiring and I'm not engaged. I'm losing business. But what did it allow me to do? Write my damn book. It's like, it's it was an instant representation of what happens when we stop being so much on our phones which again is tied into this giraffe, I promise, (laughs) looking down, right? So then Butch Walker said, this post, it said, it's kind of aggressive, so I apologize in advance. The world is burning and flooding and leaders are fighting for power with their tiny dicks and social media owns our souls and I just took edibles and I am also leaving all social media so someone else can post only shit about my music happenings and you can call me or email me if you need me and go outside and smile at a stranger because it might not matter much longer. So make a good impression while you're here and let's think about others instead of ourselves for once since the early 2000s and I love you also by. It was just so bold and brave. I have no idea who this guy is, but it was like, oh shit, that is so heavy, but it's so real. Have we held the door for someone? Have we smiled at someone? Have we even looked up to smile at someone? Get outside, get barefoot, take your impact, stop working out inside and worrying about your posts, worrying about your social media, worrying about your video production quality, and just be a human, a good human at that. And I feel like with good humans, and you guys know this if you're a part of my Facebook group, that is my goal is to create community, but also not get so sucked into processing information and taking more and more and more and more. If you're overthinking, if you have anxiety, I guarantee it is directly related to your screen time. And having that honest conversation with yourself is going to be the best thing that you do back to the giraffe. So I got into this. I said, okay, well, I'm into this because I want to understand what Ned just said. What does he mean by this? Are you looking up? What is, is there actual science to looking up? What is the feeling that happens when we look up instead of looking down? We know that looking down on our phones, not only is it artificial light that's affecting our sleep and our energy and our mood, but it's also this dopamine addiction where we we can't really create it anywhere else. So many of us are dopamine addicts. And that's a part of my book as well. It's like we are addicted to dopamine. That means the likes that we get, the engagement we get on social media, the games that we play, the interactions that we have, the movement that we do. Dopamine is a neurotransmitter related to movement. So until we finish moving, 
even if we stop moving, it feels like death because we are dopamine addicted. And so we know that when we're looking at our phones and kind of being sucked into that world, but what happens when we actually look up? So I was very curious. So I started to Google and went crazy. And some of these studies, I was like, oh my God, this is way over my head. But I found one through psychology today and I'll link it below. And it's called the surprising joy of raising your gaze. And so this man, he starts talking about it, uh, really just understanding, you know, hey, I, I got curious. I was looking up and I wanted to know what that meant. And so I'm just going to read this straight from his article. What is interesting about this, though, is that it turns out that our visual brains have several distinct systems. And that was what Ned was saying in his post, in their post. One of them is more specialized for the graspable interaction space of the lower visual field, and another is specialized for the visual field above the horizon. So think of we have two visual systems, two distinct systems, one that's above the horizon, one anything below. Our whole life is below the horizon, unless we're literally looking out or up. In this fascinating book, the dopaminergenic mind in human evolution and history, along with many more technical articles, the neuroscientist Fred Previk argues that the second visual system, the one with the horizon, specializing as it does in surveying extra personal space, it is well-developed in human beings. So we have a very well-developed extra personal space when we look up out into horizon. This neuroscientist, Fred Previk, goes on to argue that this area of the brain is strongly activated during religious experiences, meditative activity, dreaming, and probably any kind of artistic or creative activity that encourages us to reach beyond the bounds of nearby time and space into the infinite and eternal. It is no accident, according to Previk, that meditative states, trances, and mystical experiences are accompanied by upward deviations of the eyes. If you've ever seen someone in a trance, even in the movies, you know, their eyes are up and eyelids aren't quite shut all the way. That is like a true meditative state. So, of course, I bought this book. It's on its way in two days. <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. I said it wrong, but uh, but it's all about dopamine, the dopamine dopaminergic, I don't even know how to say that, mind and human evolution and history. And I just was like, oh my God, that is so, the less we're literally looking down on our phones and the more we're looking up, seeing people's gaze, but then even one step further, looking up, up, looking at the moon, looking at the stars, looking at the sky, looking at anything that isn't our phone, the more creative our brains are going to be. And if you say you're not a creator, you are lying to yourself. That is a story you told yourself for so many years by so many people, and it is false. We as humans are creatives. We are meant to be creative. When we aren't creative, our human body quite literally starts to suffer. We have more, more depression. We have more anxiety. I, I just, I, without going into studies, think about it yourself. When's the last time that I did something creative? When did I express myself creative, creatively? And then think about what was my mood when I did it? Nobody gets mad about creating shit, movement, 
dancing, singing. I've been singing so much more and I'm just obsessed with it. I don't know how to sing. I, I literally, my podcast intro, it kind of messed up, but I started off by singing and then I was like, maybe I should, <laughs> I had to redo it and I couldn't even like pretend to fake it because I was like, I, that is definitely, <laughs> that is definitely something nobody wants to hear, but it doesn't matter in the, in the shower, through the music that you're playing, pick good music and sing and move and be creative. Nobody is going to be grumpier by being creative. Nobody's going to get over, overwhelmed by being creative. We have to use those things that our body is natural. If we have a well-developed brain for something above horizon, it means it needs to be put to use. Anything that we have right now, we our body isn't keeping up. We talked about this with Bobby Gill. Our body isn't keeping up with the technology. There was a, God, I have so many TED Talks I was listening to, but there was this really good um Vimeo that I listened to uh, the other day, Tristan Harris. If you just type in Tristan Harris, humane tech, basically understanding the power of, and the great hack is a great Netflix, the power of technology in our development and also in our decision-making and how quickly technology is understanding how to mess with our minds in order to get us to do what they want to do that profits. So when you're like, oh my God, I'm not as free-spirited or free-willed as I thought. I'm kind of just sucked into this hole. It makes it a little bit easier to look up. It makes it a little easier to understand that we cannot just be these robots. The less creative you feel is because we're allowing some of these things to play into our life too, too much. We need to move more. We need to think more critically. We need to not just look for Googling answers and pick the first one dig in and get curious. And again, this is what the Body Awareness Project is so, it's the thing, besides the book, I think it's the thing that's the most in alignment with who I am. It is demanding you to get curious because you have to listen in order to be aware. It is educating, which is not going to take 10 minutes. It's 15 hours. (laughs) It's a course that you can take over time. You could do it all in one week. You could do it in a couple weeks. And then it's also understanding that what is your gut issue isn't my gut issue. And the sooner we believe or understand that one size does not fit all with anything, the sooner we're going to have empowerment inside things that make us motivated intrinsically, not looking for external motivation, external factors to make me get up and move, make me stick to something. All of the things that we talk about of really making sure this is for you. It is because you have, we have to, as a society, demand depth, get curious, short, quick fixes. That's not depth. That's like mowing the lawn, quick and easy. Do it, it'll grow back. Do it, it'll grow back. Let's take a damn shovel and dig. And that is why, And that is what I truly believe is my mission and the shit I am into. It is saying, I will demand depth from you guys. And I I know you demand it from me back. That is what is so needed. I'm so sick of this superficial quick fix. I didn't see my results in a week or I don't know how to get to here. I do it too. I'm sick of it because it's a trigger for me. I want it too. I want it so badly. Whatever it is for you. My final thought is saying, 
we can look up at the sky, we can kind of see a big ominous, you know, big bunch of clouds. But until there's a container, until there's a point of reference, a square, a window, a skylight, a telescope, you have no idea how fast it's moving. It is moving. It is moving so fast that you just don't even know it. And it is beautiful. And it is wonderful. And how can we get that square in your vision? How can we get that telescope in your vision? What is your container that's going to help you see this in a different way? Whatever it is that you wish for and desire for and hope for, that is okay to wish for and desire and hope for. That is good. Don't push it down because you don't see it happening. Keep it alive, keep it fresh, but change the way you see it. Change the way you look at it. Change the container at which it is in. Because if not, you will get so overwhelmed, you will feel like all is lost. You will feel like nothing is happening, but it is. And this is so exactly what I'm into because I have to do that because I know this work is important. I know that the things that light me up are meant to be. And I doubt and I doubt and I doubt, but I promise you, oh, it's we got to stop. We just have to switch some things around in our own head, in our own body, and that's doable. <sighs> that's shit M's into. I really appreciate you guys listening. <laughs> Again, please take a listen. Uh, if you guys are catching up on podcasts, the last few have been so good. So take a listen to actual interviews if you prefer some interviews. Find me on Instagram at Emily Schramm. You can sign up for my newsletter. It'll almost be a new website, but right now it is what it is. Changing my lens, emilyschramm.com. You can find all my programs, all my things, and all the links are below. Thank you guys for being a part of this. 